Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. I'm Franny Finale. This is Klaus Lundekram. I'm Matt Letizia. Dean Hammond's here. And you're listening to In That Number. Here is Find me on Twitter at Moscow Mush. And me, Ray Hunt. You can find me on at Ray Hunt 84. Follow the show on at Number Podcast on Twitter. And on Facebook, Instagram, and Telegram on In That Number Podcast. Email us with your thoughts and feelings on In That Number Podcast at gmail.com. And if you like what you hear, consider sharing your support by visiting buymeacoffee.com forward slash In That Number. Let's march on in. Welcome back to In That Number. This is episode 194. Proud to be part of the Sports Social Network. During this off-season, we've decided to dedicate some time to the listeners, our friends from the show, uh, who have taken the time to join our Discord and take part in all our well endless chats across the social media platform. Uh, and while we wait for the championship season to start, we're going to gather you up and get your thoughts on the season that was and we'll get your predictions for the upcoming season. First in this series, we have Alex Haas, long-time friend of the show. I hope he's still a friend of the show anyway. Uh, welcome along, Alex. How are you doing this week? I am doing well, and uh, definitely still a friend of the podcast. I good. try to listen regularly. Good, good. And you're on holiday at the moment as well, aren't you? So this yep. is, yep, after yep, the yep. season we've had, uh, and Needed. you know, yeah, you're on holiday, and you're still coming on to talk about Saints. <laughs> well, it's at least, um, I think, more productive than wasting my time watching them suck mm. week in, week out. Yeah, we can just talk about them sucking. That's... Yeah. yeah. And, of course, we have the Moscow Mush, Kevin Milverton. Kev, uh, you're a glutton for punishment. How are you doing? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm all right. I'm here, you know. Yeah, That's you're here. Way. Yeah. But you're, yeah always, you're always here. It's good. Oh, I, I kind of like gave you a segue into the uh, our nice lovely, but uh, you didn't take it. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> any any chance that we get to do it, we'll, we'll do that. What's the weather like with you? You talking to me or Alex? Because my weather's the same as yours, Kevin. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know I was trying to fish for the another lovely. See, I missed that. Easily uh, done. Anyway, um, before we head into the show, 
I'd just like to add that if you're enjoying it uh, and yeah, you're appreciating what we do, then please uh, show your support by heading to buymeacoffee.com forward slash in that number. Let's get cracking. Before before we chat to Alex and break down his thoughts, we're, we're going to go into a little bit of news to cover that, you know, that have happened over the past week. Kevin, are you up for the ITN news first? Yeah, go on. This is ITN in that number news. Firstly, um, the interest in James Ward-Prowse never stops, does it really? And uh, I've, I've seen recently that uh, Newcastle, have, uh, are, well, they're still interested because there was a lot of talk about him during the season, actually. But apparently they've, they've shown interest in uh, Kyle Walker-Peters as well and Romeo Lavia. So what do you think about that then, Kev? JWP, KWP and RL. Yeah. How do you feel about all three of them moving along to the same club? Um, I don't think it's going to happen. They're not going to get three players from the same club. That doesn't sound right. You, can you foresee one of them at least? I mean, perhaps he's got to go somewhere, isn't he? And it's um, uh, well, he doesn't have to go, but it looks almost certain that he will. And I guess he's probably going to take the opportunity to play European football. Newcastle are going to be doing that next season. That makes sense. Romeo West- Lavia has got sorry West Brom. West Ham. West Ham. Uh, that would be a disappointing move, wouldn't it? Well, I don't know. They've just got that uh, fresh trophy in their cabinet. Yeah, but I mean, if he's got a choice of Europa League or Champions League, it's a no-brainer, isn't it? Yeah, uh, he wants to play in the Champions League, eh? But I mean, I think he's used to getting a lot of game time, which uh, he might not necessarily get in Newcastle. And he would at West it. Ham, wouldn't he? Yeah. yeah. Or I don't know where else, Villa. Mm, mm, yeah, yeah Romeo Lavery is one that, that doesn't quite make sense because, um, yeah, he's been an integral part of the team this season and he's, he's gone from the Manchester City B team to playing regular Premier League football. Uh, if he goes to a big club, he's just going to be back into the B team again. Quite possibly, but I mean, he has he has won a lot of fans this season. He could, you know, mm. they could just put him straight in, in into a side. Alex, what about you? All three of those, James Ward, James Ward-Prowse, Kyle Peters, Romeo Lavia at Newcastle. What are the odds? Man, I have trouble seeing James Ward-Prowse at Newcastle just because I think about who's going to take dead balls, who's going to take free kicks, because uh, I guess you'd assume maybe Kieran Trippier moves on and then James Ward-Prowse takes over. But is Trippier rumored to move on from Newcastle now that they're in Champions League? Um, no, no, I think he's going to stay. So, so like, I, think, I think he would have less game time than we might expect at Newcastle just because of that competition between him and, and Trippier. Um, but I also don't see him going to West Ham or Aston Villa. Like he could, could and should aspire higher than those guys. I think. I think um, so. I, I think, I think Kyle Walker Peters would probably be a sensible buy for Newcastle. And man, Lavia can go anywhere he wants. I think much like Prowsey because He's so young and he's doing so well already coming out of City's B team that I think he would do well anywhere he goes. I think so. I think he could get in any any eleven in the um, <laughs> apart from maybe um, Man City. And yes, I am including <laughs> yeah. I am I am including Liverpool in this because that defensive midfield position is something that Klopp's talked about. So I do mm. think Kev, I think if he does wherever he goes, I think he'll get in. I think he'll get game time. Maybe not as much as it at Saints, because he's like with the first name on the team sheet. But I do think that apart from Man City, he'll get in any team. Yeah, I'd agree with that more or less. Um, and Orsic looks like he's going to be set to, to go to Turkey. Yeah, yeah, I did. Sounds about right. <laughs> it's a bit of a shame because I, I know what a sort of player he is and we haven't really seen anything of him. So I was kind of hoping he was going to stay, but he needs to be playing top flight football, doesn't it? Yeah, I think that well's been tainted, poisoned. Uh, yeah. Know. Say so just like he, he definitely like, kind of like Onuachu, they, they probably have potential in a different situation, uh, a, a different. I think they were both used incorrectly at Saints, and because of that, you know they they've been they've been soured. So jog on. Yeah, it's it's still a shame, but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the B team have announced uh, a preseason friendly, uh, and they are going to Plainmore, uh, Torquay. Uh, on Saturday, the 29th of July, and that's a 3 p.m. kickoff. Kev, do you fancy a road trip to Torquay? Let's do it. <laughs> to watch the B team. Yeah, why not? We could have, we could make a weekend of it. Yeah, they beside the seaside, lovely. Yeah, I do love a bit of. Um, I've never been to Torquay actually. I've been I to Devon, know. but I've never been to Torquay. Mm. But, uh, let's do it. Yeah. On tour with the B team. Yes. Um, 
And Kev, you saw this because you brought this to my attention. Um, I do forget. Was it um, who was the guy who put this thread on on Twitter? Was it was it Jacob Tansman? I, it's based on an article by Jacob Tansman. Okay, there we go. So, uh, yeah, transfer news. And uh, I've got to say, I'm I've been reading up on this and I've been doing a little bit of research on these players and. I, I'm, I'm enjoying, I'm liking what I'm seeing, because the first one was it Carlos Borges, a Portuguese 19-year-old left winger from Man City, um, had a great season for the under-21s. He scored 21 goals and 11 assists in 24 games, and he scored four goals in one game, and he, he also won uh, Premier League Two Player of the Season. I really like the look of him, because he looks very direct, he's got so much pace, and regardless of whether we get him or not, he looks like he's going to be one for the future, but I don't think... Do you think Pep's going to want to let them go again and he'll get, let these players go? Um, well, I mean, it's happened before, hasn't it? He, did a, he did a shrewd bit of business with Lavia, though, because he had that buyback clause. So maybe you could do something with, with, with Borges as well. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I, I've just i seen a few clips of him, and my goodness, his pace is scary. And I think if you put him in the, in the championship, he is going to be... Oh, he's, he's got. Of- from both flanks mm. that's scary stuff and i think modern football especially defenders wing backs and and center backs they're just scared of, of pace and that's exactly what he brings so I, I i really really hope they can get that over the line 19 years old as well so it'd be a it could be a really really good sign in that one if it happens if it happens yeah and uh the the, the dane that we would after in uh in the winter window that's um morton hulmond uh, 23-year-old mm. defensive midfielder from Lecce. I don't really know about him. I'm, 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 I'm pretty sure that that ship's passed now. I don't think he's, he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna want to go to Saints. I think he's got the options. He's that little bit older as well, and I think he'd probably want to stay in Syria. Yeah, they've just been promoted, so I think that that would make sense. Um, and the, the, the last one that they mentioned was Matt Grimes, the uh, 27, mm. 27 years old, uh, midfielder from Swansea, uh, key player for Russell Martin this past season a uh, possession based player which is kind of what Russell Martin's known for but uh did you have a look at the his um passing stats uh Swansea because they were incredible not just you know the the, the basic ones I always felt like um Hoiberg always got credit for his passing uh completion percentage mm. but it was just sideways and backwards so he was always going to complete those passes <laughs> um but but Matt Grimes you know his his passing up you know, attacking passing creative passes that they it, that is what we're lacking. We're lacking that, you know, that we final third. And if he can create something, make something happen, and then we've got the the pace to be able to, to to cause problems as well. That could be a really good fit for Saints. And he's 27 as well, so we do, as you know, we do need that uh, experience in there and a good age. 27, same age as uh, well, roughly the same age as James Ward-Prowse. Classic Russell Martin signing. Yeah, um, although we haven't actually announced Russell Martin yet, but yeah. Exactly. <laughs> But yeah, that that I'm uh, I, I wasn't. I mean, we we were mentioned him as soon as Russell Martin was on the cards, but I wasn't really sure. I just thought, well, is that the best we can do? But again, since I've been watching him, I thought Swansea fans love him. Um, but I don't think they're going to be happy losing their manager and uh, and their key player, captain as well. Yeah, someone that they're going to be playing this season as well. Oh, and the captain, of course. Yeah. So mm. yeah, it's it's, it's going to be a rival, isn't it? So I don't know. I don't. And we we tried it with a. Uh, with Luton, didn't we? With um, poor old James Bree <laughs> and that and and that clown that I can't remember his name, the manager, whatever. Ah, uh, nice. Statistically, the best in Europe. Yeah. Uh, so that's it for now. Unless you've got any more news that you want to discuss, Kevin. Um, that was it. I think um, uh, Ono Ono actually could be leaving. Oh yes. Yeah. I saw this actually. A bidding war. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Galatasaray Union Berlin and Altai Wound from Saudi Arabia. This is great. Are we, what are we doing? Are we sticking them on eBay and seeing what we get. <laughs> yeah. That's a paragraph. Next best offer or something like that. I don't know. I don't, how did this even start? I wonder. Right. Uh, okay, Alex. Then this is this is you, right? We want to hear your point of view sure. from uh, from what went wrong on on the season. And uh, me and Kev recently had our shitness, and we put our polls up regarding you know the fuck up of the season. Um, and as you can imagine, we had quite a few candidates there. Um, <laughs> but let's go back to the beginning, really. Uh, where, do, where do you? I say, where did you? Where do you stand on Ralph? Because, you know, the the, the 2021-22 ending was was just depressing. And and I mentioned it last week. If, if you were listening from the 5th of March, mm. so the last 12 games, that was nine losses, uh, and we slipped down to 15th. 
Um, and, and it's easy when you, when you look back at the season and say that we were just playing awful from start to finish. But starting under Ralph, it wasn't actually that bad because we had two wins from the opening five games. Um, and, and, and if if we're honest, uh, we, we knew it wasn't going to be a top half finish in the season. But and we also didn't realise it was going to be as bad as it eventually turned out. <laughs> yeah, no shit. I, I, I was after the summer window, after the end of the previous season where we lost, what was it, seven straight games? Mm that was not great. I, I was not happy with the tailspin that we were in and I would have been okay seeing Ralph leave in the summer window. Um, but, but he didn't, I think we had our transfer window and I was somewhat optimistic except for, you know, the glaring part where we didn't sign a striker. So, Oh, we got Sekimara. Yeah. (laughs) Like I said, we didn't sign a striker. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was, I was willing to give Ralph a chance and it didn't start out too poorly, but after things started going south again, I think we should have cut our losses sooner than we did. I don't remember when I said I was beyond the point of any redeeming factors in Ralph. I've said it several times in the discord and it's been a, you know, an ongoing conversation in the beginning part of the season, but I think we should have gotten rid of him before the world cup window. Yeah. And we didn't, uh, it, it, I mean, it made sense that we got rid of him and brought in a new manager during the World Cup break. It didn't make sense that we brought in Nathan Jones and then he gave the players two weeks off, a week off. Like, you fucking idiot. Why? <laughs> you have so much work to do to try and bring these guys around to whatever your system of football is, which I still have no idea what that actually is. Um, and then you go and give the guys a week off to try and be a nice manager. And um, you can see, we, we can all see where that got us. So. Yeah, the, the, a lot of players didn't like playing for him, dare I say. I don't think he was well liked uh, in the dressing room. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I'm like, yeah, I mean, Kev still is still fully on Ralph. It's, I mean, cause, because there was so much love for Ralph for mm-hmm. the time that he had with us. It took a while for me to get to that point. But I wasn't happy with the way that the season was ending last year, the 21-22 mm-hmm. season. Um but I was okay giving him a, a chance. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have been happy seeing him go in the summer. But looking back, it was probably, probably could have, had, probably could have, and should have happened then. Yeah, I think <laughs> if we had a different window, if we had a different signing of player, he might have been more successful. And and I guess, again, the big thing is if we if we had gotten a proven striker, we would probably probably have given him a little more leeway. Possibly. But I mean, here's that you talk about that window, Kev. You know that this window, the summer window. So we signed Bazunu Liss. Bella Kotchap, Lavia, Aribo, Mara, Chaletasar, Adozi, and Larios. That's that's what we signed. I, I think I mentioned it to, to to Kevin last week. Like how many uh, how many of those signings do you think in the summer window were were Ralph signings, and how many of them were Sport Republic? This is a very good question, isn't it? Because I mean, I'm sure Kev that Ralph has, has obviously said to the board that if we're going to be successful, the way that we ended last season, we are you're going to need to bring in a lot of players and a lot of players that I want to bring in. Here are the sort of type of players that I want. Do your job, give me the money, I'll bring them in. Yeah, I mean, all we really needed were two players, two solid players with Premier League experience and quality, either a centre-back and uh, a striker. And that would have probably done us, to be honest. Well, we got Bella Kocha. Mm, yeah, but I mean, he's, I get, he, he wasn't young. fantastic. Yeah, young, like unproven, raw. You were banging uh, on... Uh, Tarkovsky's trumpet as well, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Bernie's defence were there to be raided. And you know that Tarkovsky played every single minute of, it, of the season for Everton. Yeah. And they almost got relegated, just want to say. <laughs> almost. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, that wasn't that wasn't the problem, though, was it? No. Um, but yeah, a player, player like Tarkovsky could be, um, you know, a ringleader in the defence. Um, we don't... Ben Mee. Ben Mee, too. Or Ben Mee, ben yeah. Mee. Um, he was amazing for Brentford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Either of those, and you know, when you get to the point that um, when United signed Ralph Redcross and you're getting disappointed because you could have seen him in the Saints shirt, you know that things are getting bad. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then of course after that, well, it just kind of like spiraled for Ralph, didn't it? A lot of fans were on his back. He went. Nathan Jones comes in. The the record speaks for itself. Like in the Premier League, eight games, one win, seven losses. Dreadful. Okay, he did. He did have two wins in the FA Cup against Palace and Blackpool, 
Uh, and then in the Carabao Cup, of course, he had that win against Lincoln um, and Man City, uh, which was, yeah, crazy that we were the ones that could have stopped them from getting a quadruple. But off appointment of Nathan Jones, it went downhill very, very quickly. The, the, I think the only thing that he got right was that uh, Goodison win. Um, and the January window came. And again, Alex, Kev, likes, he likes to look at this window and say it was a panic sort of window. Uh, so I'm going to ask you the same question. So you've got Mislav Orsic, you've got Carlos Alcaraz, James Bree, Paul Onuachu and Kamaldine Sulemana in January. Was that panic buying, considering uh, that, that Onuachu and Sulemana came in on the deadline on the 31st of January? It, I, I think on the surface, it seems like a panic buy. But if you dig into it, if you look at kind of how some of these guys performed, it seems like there may have been some good forethought into some of the purchases, especially with Alcaraz. I think Sulemana, if he stays with us, will come good. You, you, you know, you can kind of see, and there's a big asterisk next to this. You could see what he did against Liverpool and how well that worked. But Liverpool were also like they they had nothing to play for. So you kind of have to take that into consideration. Neither did you, we. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's true. So so I think it was fifty fifty. I think the the constant calls to get a striker maybe influenced. As far as fan pressure can influence a guy like Rasmus's decision making, um, but influenced a signing like Tall Paul. And, and uh, man, Orsic is just a weird one to figure out because, like you said, you can see the kind of player he is. And whether he was just not utilized, well, he definitely wasn't utilized correctly. It, it just makes you wonder why we even signed him in the first place if he couldn't make an influence under the manager that the board had signed. You know, why why did we get him at all? Well, I mean, I will say one thing that Orsic was signed under uh, Nathan Jones and Ruben Sayers come in and there was something that he didn't like, obviously, and just didn't select him for whatever reason, didn't feel like he was doing good enough in training. But Kev, you look at those five players, Orsic, Alcaraz, Brie, Onuachi, and Sulemana. And then you think next season, how many of them are going to be important? Alcaraz, yeah. Brie is probably going to play backup, isn't it, to, to Liveramento. Sulemana, we still don't know what's happening with him. And by all accounts, Orsic and Onuachi are, are out the door. So you're looking back at that window, and it was a complete disaster. Yeah, just totally a smack to desperation. Like that we obviously couldn't get the players that we wanted to, so better sign anybody than uh, no, nobody. And pay through the nose. Shit, awesome. what was his name? Who was our record signing before that? Carrillo. Uh, Carrillo. Yeah. So it's Guido Carrillo, Mark yeah. II, basically. <laughs> Except yeah. taller. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I was quite happy with the window because I say I like Orsic. I've always liked Orsic as a player. I thought he was good. Um, Alcaraz looked like a decent player. Uh, James Bree was, a was. I mean, what we paid for him, it was just a backup position, which, what we, which is what we needed. I was not upset with those three. Anuachu, I was okay with because i was appeased by the the fact that we got a striker and Sulemana i'm still okay with but it's just keeping hold of him and, and then playing him and utilizing him in, in, the, in the right way so but yeah it's easy to look back and say yeah it was a an awful awful decision but one thing i will say was an awful decision alex ruben sayers coming in i mean he took over for that one game um in between ralph and uh nathan jones he got the win against Sheffield wednesday albeit a penalty shootout uh, so I wasn't upset with the fact that we got him in as a care, in a caretaker role, but the fact that we let wow Jesse Marsh and anybody else that who were interviewed, I'm not sure who were, was, let them slip away, and the, and then for them to just keep hold of Ruben Sayers, I'm convinced they didn't want to spay, uh, spend more money because they're obviously paying off Nathan Jones. And that went terribly wrong. They couldn't afford another mistake like that. So they just thought, we'll keep Ruben Sayers in. If he does do the impossible and keep us up, then we'll, we look like heroes. Yeah, it was some cut price. Yeah, too but afraid to make the same mistake again, yeah. right? It was, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, and I don't even recall anybody on the Discord saying that Ruben Sayers is a... We should... Oh, actually, Tim did, didn't he? That we should we should keep him on. I think... Uh, I think I'm, you know, not to just throw Tim under the bus. I think I probably said. Oh, you too, can always throw Tim under the bus. It's fine. Tim, Tim's fine. He's thick-skinned. I, I, I think I think Kevin said that even if we keep him, we shouldn't give him a contract just to kind of keep him hungry. And I, I think in the Discord I agreed with that, but I very well could be wrong. Um, you know, it's sort of 
ties into the what went wrong this season. It was like a series of worst case errors, of just a perfect storm of all the things that you can do wrong. Like we didn't pull the ripcord soon enough on Ralph. We didn't pull the ripcord soon enough on Nathan Jones. We then gave a contract too soon to a manager who was underqualified and, you know, had that lucky new manager bounce, which we didn't really see with Nathan Jones. Um, Tim did say this in the discord, I think, or maybe on the podcast that the worst thing that could happen under the Nathan Jones tenure was him to do well in the FA cup and extend his stay as a premier league manager. And that's what was happening. So that, that was a good thing to have happen for us fans to see us do well in the FA cup, but it was a bad thing because it gave him more leash than he deserved, I think. And it, it, you know, the, the board didn't fire him when they should have. Yeah, actually, I think that Everton game uh, mm-hmm. when we went to Goodison and won uh, 2-1 at Goodison and then the, the game after was the Man City in the EFL Cup uh, mm-hmm. and we won that 2-0. So exactly the wrong time to be able to pick up those results. And if you look yeah. back at that, I think you even mentioned it on the, on the podcast, Kev, those wins probably could have done, we could have done with losing them. It's mm-hmm. as sad as it, seems, as it sounds because if we had have lost that Everton game and then we had have lost that Man City game. Maybe they would have, you know, got a manager in earlier, but I don't know. But Kev, if Jesse Marsh had taken over when we had the chance to get him in, do you think we would have stayed up? I know it's impossible to answer, but you know, I don't think so. But I think the positives to come from that would be that we'd have a manager that would work with the team before, um, have a whole season in the championship to try and bounce back up him playing his system early like you know we could have won a few more games and still been relegated but we would have seen that as a positive yeah i think the problems yeah the 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 team itself it was just too bloated you brought in you know 16 players these players aren't going to gel well um no managers come in and had um roughly 11 players that um they they know would be their best 11 because we got to all of these players and you want to see them play. And uh, we just didn't have the time to experiment at all. Yeah, I, I get that. It's kind of, it, it really does, a team really does need to gel, doesn't it? It's not all about the individuals. I mean, look at Chelsea. No manager that's going to come in there is going to turn that team around because they are too bloated. Well, and they're, yeah, they're not a team. They've got the same problem, haven't they? I mean, just obviously they spent, you know, yeah, maybe they've got, 10 times more than us, but still. Yeah, it's all relative, isn't it? It's. Um, yeah. This, uh, Alex, this is going to be one of the most difficult questions you're probably going to have to answer. Uh, were there any positives from this season? <laughs> um, yeah, I think you have to look really hard, though. Um, Apart from individuals, because I'd, I'd class Alcaraz as a massive plus. Yeah, and that's kind of where I was going to head towards. Man, sorry, I'm, I need a beer. I'm stammering. <laughs> At 8.30 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> it's the weekend. It's fine. Yeah, um, I think... Definitely take positives from some individual performances. Um, Carlos Alcaraz was became a really important player for us. Um, I think even see, for me at least, seeing guys like Sam Adozi, I really liked watching him play because I think he, despite being so raw and kind of lacking the, um, <clears throat> the experience, the, the decision, no um, yeah, decision making, decision making, yeah, decision making. Um, <laughs> when he gets into the final third. I really liked his creativity going forward with the ball, taking defenders on. That was something that I think we sorely lacked. And um, you, someone like Stuart Armstrong is praised for something like that, and uh, we didn't see enough of in the season. But but seeing Sam Adozi and guy, young guys do that kind of thing was uh, really positive for me. Suleimana, I think, was always exciting because of how pacey he was. And, again, just so raw. Decision-making was pretty lacking. Um so I think there are things like that. I, yeah, it's it's hard to take a positive as far as like our style of play and our system because it did it didn't work. Um, what that system ended up being, it, I remember listening to. I gave up on listening to interviews with Ruben Sayas because he just said the same thing over and over again. But people would constantly ask him about his system and style. He was like, "Well, I know my identity. You can see I'm." You can see my identity and what can, our identity yeah, can is. We? The team. But can we? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think so. I don't know what it is. Um, I think Tim said he got to talk to Jacob Chanswell, and that was one of the questions I wanted to ask, or I wanted Tim to ask for me, was like, what does, what was Sayez's identity? 
what yeah. does he think his identity was? Because I have no fucking idea. <laughs> no, that's um, it. And, and, and same thing under Nathan Jones. Like, um, so, so as far as the system, I don't know that there are any positives to take. Hopefully, under Russell Martin, we can see some positives with a possession-based system. I'm really looking forward to that. So I hope that the sooner he can get started, the better. Absolutely. He needs to. He's got a lot of work to do. Yeah. He needs yeah, to get yeah, him yeah, in yeah. now and don't give the players any more time off than they need. Um, Kev, I I actually think that when Alex just, just talked about Samuel Adozi, I actually think that uh, Nathan Jones had better team selections than, than Ruben Sayers. Am I allowed to say anything nice about Nathan Jones on the show? I don't know. But I do think that he, he picked better players than Ruben Sayers did. Ruben Sayers didn't play Sam Adozi at all, did he? wasn't interested in, in, in even entertaining the thought. But I think Nathan Jones did try and include every single one. So that's a positive for him. But do you have any positives, Kev, apart from the ones that Alex has said? Maybe the cup run. Uh, yeah, we, we got to a cup semi-final, which is um, crazy to think about, really, isn't it? In that, how we finished the league rock bottom, yeah. quite far adrift from anybody else and relegated way earlier than everybody else. Um, yeah, that that should be a positive from our season. If, if we'd have stayed up, that would have been possibly a highlight, I think. Yeah, but to be knocked out of the FA Cup by Grimsby Town, that that is... Um, Embarrassing. Wow, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's not nice. That's not lovely. That's yeah. a big poopy stain. Mm. Yeah. Um, I mean, looking for positives, uh, Romeo Lavia. Um, yep. He's an exciting player. If we can I don't off. know, though. I can't look at Lavia without feeling it's a positive that's going to turn swiftly into a negative because we can't keep hold of him. People mm-hmm. like Alcaraz is why I mentioned him is because I think we've got a good chance of keeping hold of him and Sulemana more so than, than Lavia. But now it's just like ugh, all these players that we've done well, that have done well for us, all we're doing is just putting them in the shop window for somebody else to take them. But that's that's the way that Southampton Football Club has always run, isn't it? Yeah, but I mean, I think it's it should be um, coincidental. It should be just a consequence of our success that, um, if you've got a good tank team together, the best players are going to go to bigger clubs. Um, that's just where we are in the food chain. And mm-hmm. it's OK to accept that. But to proactively um, pick a, a squad of players um, to have a huge roster of uh, mediocre players that you're trying to sell on as a strategy. Yeah, I think when you're trying to do it that way intentionally, it doesn't work. Yes. Uh, Alex. Got your name again. Mm. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I can't even blame it on the morning. It's 10 to 2 here. Uh, Call him Guido Carrillo. Yeah. Carrillo. Yeah. 2023 yeah. <laughs> 24 championship season, then. What do you see for the upcoming season? Do, I mean, because we're going to have the loss of key players, aren't we? So, how do you think, without giving away your position where we're going to finish, how do you think the team is going to fare in the championship? I know it's difficult to say because we don't know who's in and who's out. We don't, even, we don't even have a manager, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I want to stick to my optimism streak, and I think we're going to do okay. I think we're going to do well. There's a large part of me that has been very hurt by by the decision-making process that Rasmus Ankerson has made, and uh, to a certain extent, Martin Simons, but he's no longer in the picture. So th- there is a part of me that is kind of expecting more stupid decision-making, more bad decisions and there's certainly some way that things can go sideways go pear shaped uh, but I, I you know i've got to got to be hopeful got to be hopeful that we can bounce back up okay uh, i've got some questions some quick fo- well, go for it fine. you can explain them uh, if ralph had still been in charge would we still be in the premier league yes i think um we would definitely be very divided as a fan base but i think Ralph would have been able to beat a tune out of the players that he had, even without a striker, because I think Ralph was the guy that said we have to spread our goals around. And and that was sort of something that in the beginning of the season, I thought, well, that's kind of our philosophy. We're going to spread our goals around. It's not the biggest deal that we don't have a striker because we have capable guys like James Ward-Prowse, like Stuart Armstrong. We're going to be okay, but we're not going to be great. We're going to be pushing like just above relegation. And I think had Ralph stayed, it would have been ugly, but I think we would have 
avoided being relegated. So you think it would have been pretty much like it was last year? Yeah. Yep. We, we'd go on a we'd go on a run. We'd push up maybe to twelfth, and then we'd tailspin again and avoid relegation by the skin of our teeth. Okay, I'll take that. Kevin, yes or no? Um, I think it would have been close, but I think uh, I'm going to answer it by not answering the question. I'll say, I think of all the managers we had this season just gone, um, Ralph was our best choice at keeping us up. Typical Tory answer, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I would say... Um, Possibly yes, like I said. Possibly. I say yes with a question mark. <laughs> yes. We would have finished higher than 20th, let's put it that way. Okay, that's fine, I'll take that. Um, Alex, your player of the season. That's a tough one. Um, initially, I was thinking Carlos Alcaraz. I think I'm going to stick with that. And I, I know, forgive me for speaking ill of our Lord James Ward-Prowse, but I really think he sunk down into the mire of how shitty we've been. Granted, he didn't get a lot of opportunities to take his trademark free kicks towards the tail end of the season, but watching him perform was a little bit like watching, um, I do not condone this, uh, watching a beat dog, you know, or a <laughs> dog that's been kicked. You know, sideways, backwards passes. He just looked like he was trying his hardest to get people around him to be inspired while not really being inspired himself. And yeah. It, it was sort of hard That comes down you know? to Sayas, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Alcaraz. Yeah. Alcaraz, okay. I can't remember what I voted for. I can't even remember what you said, Kev. Who was your player of this? I think I went Lavia. Who would, who I probably, say? yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not like my, I'm fully behind one player that's really impressed me this season. Um, I think, yeah, probably... Probably Lavia. Nobody really shone this season. I really wanted to give it to Prousey, uh just because he, even though he's not at his best, he's probably our best player. Still, um, yeah. Most consistent. Um, only one who's really been scoring goals and doing his job properly. And, yeah. mm. Still top scorer. Yeah. Okay. I'll probably still give it to Lavia. Fair enough. Again, another conservative answer. <laughs> <laughs> With these today. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm sorry. Anything you want, don't call me that. <laughs> uh, Alex, your goal of the season. Oh boy. Um, I don't remember who scored the goal. I think it was Alcaraz, but I don't remember. There was a goal where it was just a trademark. How I view we should have been playing. Quick passing, quick decision making. I remember. Uh, well, the, you know, Sakumara's goal against City in the Cup was. Uh, a banger because I love a good like yes that just was a good call. get get a pass and you know your first touch is banging it at the goalkeeper so uh, that's touch, that's yeah. a close second but whoever scored this goal I don't remember who it was um, Stuart Armstrong gave a quick one touch through ball and I think they ran onto it and smacked it it might have been uh, it might have been Alcaraz it might have been Shea but I doubt it um, but. Whoever scored that goal, just the 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 oh the was passing, that was that Alcaraz uh, against Arsenal? I th- yes, oh, no, I think that it was. was a, that was the back pass, wasn't it, from Arsenal at the beginning that Alcaraz scored, and then we um, the second, yeah. So maybe it wasn't. Forget that. Maybe <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. So so I don't really have an answer. Whatever that goal was, just okay. the 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 teamwork, the the quick passing, all the stuff that was how it should have been done. Okay, I'll put down yeah. Harland yeah. and De Bruyne. Okay. <laughs> Kevin, what was your goal of the season? Um, a combination of PTSD and recency bias is going to... Uh, <laughs> I know where you're going with this, yeah. Yeah, um, I think it deserves to be up there, but um, Suleiman's goal against Liverpool... Um, the second, it the just second had, one, yeah. Yeah, 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 that was just, just incredible. Um, it came out of nowhere in so many ways. Um, you know, this this a team that have been underperforming all season. I, I did say once the shackles were off and Liverpool have got nothing to play for, was season entertaining football, and we did. It was it was yeah. an amazing match, and um, yeah, Suleimano was the standout performer in that match, and that goal just um, yeah, encapsulates the, the the kind of irony that we've got the all of these this these this huge number of players that can they've got about you know, 30 minutes in them a season of just blinding football. Yeah, <laughs> that's a shame, it's only that. <laughs> um, I, I told it for me that we had three 
scored Prowse free kicks and all three of them were fantastic. And I remember the one against Everton because it, we were, I say we were 1-0 down against Everton and he scored that uh, that free kick to go 2-1 up. I remember, I think it was probably the loudest I've cheered this season. Um, so that that's up there for me. The Sulemana one as well, because that was just, yeah, incredible. Um, I, I like the chase as a kick, the one that Tim voted for. Um, mm, but I, yeah. I think for me, it would have to be the um, the Gineppo, the one that actually won the shit now, the Gineppo chip over um, Edison in the uh, EFL Cup. Because I, I remember watching that and it was just, I was in shock. I just could not, my, just did, my mouth did like the, the shape of an O. <laughs> and it was like that for a good 40 minutes or so so that was probably my goal of the season so yeah I just thought I didn't realize we had it in us and I didn't realize he had it so yeah that was um that was the goal for me uh game of the season this is kind of split because I think do you know in the shitner we actually put two draws that's how bad the season was yeah we could have had a third one as well yeah it could have had the Arsenal one but again I didn't put that one in because we threw it away Three one up with ten minutes to go, and then we ended up drawing. So that's that's it was just more disappointing than entertainment. I take from that. So I agree. Yeah, I mean, when, we, when we say game of the season, uh, is is this like a, a typical game Saints game from that season? Because um, Arsenal probably would have won. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I gave it to Everton because I've been waiting for so long for a win at Goodison, and every single time we go there, it's always the same thing. Oh Christ, we haven't won there since October '97. Um, and yeah, it, it, we we stopped that. And even though it was Nathan Jones, I still remember that one. That's what I take from the season. So that would be my game of the season. Even though we beat Chelsea home and away, I'd probably go for the Spurs one just um, for the drama of it. And three um, three, Conte absolutely fucking losing his shit after. <laughs> <laughs> now that that could have been any any game though, really, couldn't it? Because he lost his shit a lot. I lost his shit the previous season as well, didn't I? Did um, Conte ever meet Deserby? I don't even know if they did because I know no he didn't because he had a he had a banging with the, a running with the uh, manager bef- after Conte, didn't he? They're, they're both, they, no, they were Christian fun. Christian Stellini. That's yeah. the one. Yeah, Stellini yes. and Deserby had a bit of a and I still don't know what was going on. I think I asked in the Discord like what was all that about because I kind of caught the tail end of it and nobody just, knew. There was just Italian, a lot of the, being Italian. Just a lot of the, you know, the, <laughs> the, the index finger and the middle finger on the thumb, just like gesturing. Yeah. And a lot yep. of that. <laughs> but, but yeah. Sorry. Yeah, uh, Alex, your game of the season. Sorry, oh I'm man, I was hoping you would skip me and forget. Um, <laughs> I tried to forget a lot of the season because it was just <laughs> so miserable. Uh, but I mean, really, the Liverpool game was a great game to watch. Yeah. It was a great ending to a shit season. It was full of goals. It showed uh, a team that was kind of carefree and playing just playing to have fun. It looked like, and and that was that's what we want. Yeah, yeah. We'll get that along. And, and, and you know, season, we, we, we granted, I think we threw another possible win away with that game, but it was a lot less painful than the Arsenal game, uh, and especially because we didn't we fought back from two goals down to move 4-2 ahead. So at that point, I was like, I don't care how this ends. We just scored four goals in a home match. <laughs> Great. I've seen my quota for the season yep. now. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've kind of taken the same approach that Kev did for the goal. So a combination of PT- PTSD and uh, recent bias. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. It works. Yeah. Um, biggest failure of the season. I know you kind of like, you, you, when you were, we were discussing this, you said about you know, every single decision that they could have made, they made the wrong one. So it's a combination yeah. of everything. But if you had to put it down to just one decision, I mean, the- I'm going to speculate a little bit here. I think what could have been one of the biggest failures, if it was true, is just not paying Danny Ings the money that he wanted. I have to believe that if we put the right number on his contract, he would have signed and stayed with us. And then we probably wouldn't be having this conversation because he would have been a Saints player and we would have scored a bunch of goals. I'm sure he's uh, doing OK with his trophy now. <laughs> yeah, which he didn't really participate in. Um, mm. You know, let's just bounce around until we can get to a team that's got, you know, two games left to play play uh, for a trophy and then take all the glory. Yeah. Um, fucking traitor. <laughs> uh, I will never forgive you. But uh, <laughs> yes, so so that's that's operating under the assumption that Danny Ings wanted to stay at Southampton for the right price. And that may not be true. He might have seen the signs and jump ship while he could do the jumping. Um, so taking that 
putting that aside, I think the biggest failure is probably hand in hand with hiring Nathan Jones and also, I think, permanently appointing Ruben Sayas, as much as I hate to say it, because had we not hired Nathan Jones and got a good manager in at that time, like Sean Dyche, we would have been fine. Had we not hitched our cart to the horse that is Nathan Jones, or sorry, um, Ruben Sayas, I think the same could be said. You, you get a manager with um, a bit of a Christ. If you got Sam Allardyce in before Ruben Sayas, we might still be in the Premier League. I hate saying that because I don't put a lot of stock in Sam Allardyce, but um, I think I think that would be a pretty true. Maybe statement. we could have gone for Claude Puel again, Kev, and no. we could have just had like. Like 25 draws, 25 nil-nils or something like that. And our goal difference would have just been even for the whole season. But we would have stayed up. I'd take that. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. I was unhappy yeah. when, we, when we, we were under him and we got to a cup final and we finished eighth. I still thought, this is awful. I don't want this. It's yeah. still more entertaining than Nathan Jones, Paul. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is true. Kev, what about you? I know that you've got loads. So your biggest failure. I feel physically sick, literally sick. I could not it. <laughs> it's Nathan Jones. Yeah. <laughs> Great, I love it. I don't, you know, you don't even need to explain yourself. That is absolutely fine. Right now, this is going to be something that I'm going to uh, all the Discord lot uh, when you come on. Uh, I'm going to record these predictions uh, and then we're going to revisit them at the end of the season and then laugh at everybody who got them wrong. Uh, well, I don't know. I did, last week, did you hear my prediction on who was going to be the leading goal scorer? I did, but I don't remember it because a I, lot has happened. I said Adam Armstrong was going to be our top goal. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, and I didn't even realise I said that until I went and back and, and re-listened. And I am <laughs> still, yeah, in shock with that. Um, so what position do you think do Saints finish in the championship? I think third. <clears throat> I think we're going to miss out on automatic promotion. I think we're going to get into a playoff scrap. I'm not going to say how that's going to go because um, I kind of want to wait until the window opens up and see what happens. But I think we can finish third. Okay, Kev, I'm going to say we are finishing annoyingly. We're going to finish like two points outside the playoffs. I'm going to go seventh. And it's going to be one of the biggest disappointments. It's just going to be just that one more win. Just if we hadn't have drawn nil-nil with Rotherham at home, you know, <laughs> if only if only we picked up that 90th minute goal at Home Park Plymouth, then we would have been in the play. It's going to be something like that. So I'm going to say we finish seventh um, and one or two points outside the playoff. That's going to be annoying. And how bad is that going to be? And then the next season after that, we'll probably finish 20th or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Kev, where are we finishing? Um, I'm going to be even less optimistic than either of you. I'm going to say that we're going to finish 10th. Oh, fuck. Ooh, jeez. So we, we might flirt with those uh, playoff places, but ultimately we'll, we'll, we'll lose out. We're going to do a Norwich. Well, yeah, I just think we're, we're a team in such flux, you know, that um, we'll have a new manager coming in. And again, that squad is absolutely massive. We're talking about bringing in new players and even... Uh, it's going to take so long to get them playing to, for for someone to get a tune out of them, but I think it's going to be entertaining football. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna obviously see more wins, see more goals, uh, see see more possession. Well, you can't fail to score more we'll goals. Or it's you got <laughs> that more, is you got, not a hard target. Yeah, it's not a hard target. You have got more games to do it in as well. But, yeah. I think we'll we'll see it as a work in progress, and we'll see we'll see that there's a good team in there for the following season. Okay, so you think a push 24-25? Yeah, yeah. Not, the bouncing back is, is, is overhyped anyway. <sighs> well, if we can get a manager like Vincent Company and he plays an attractive brand of football, I'll change my, change my prediction. I don't think Vincent Company could do it with us. Nah, I, yeah, I'd say get any. Well, I, I, if you get... I'm tired. Doing a Nathan Jones. <laughs> it's it's the, the demon of Nathan Jones that just hasn't been exercised. Um, yeah, I think you have to get a very, very good manager in to, to get um, a team like we've got, the players that we've got playing well. And um, I don't think Mark, Mark Russell Martin's that elite calibre. Uh, it's going to take time for him to, to shape the team. No, I think we're going to see a lot of draws under Russell Martin. I think, yeah, a lot of score draws, a lot of 2-2s two and 3-3s. Three oh, I wouldn't even say that. I'd say a lot of nil-nils. Like I said, that one against Rotherham, oh, I put the prediction in already, nil-nil at St Mary's on a cold, wet December. 
So you can guarantee it's going to be a club record, like 11 nil or something. Right. Okay. Um, that is about all. Um, Alex, thanks for uh, taking time on off on your holidays to uh, yeah, you talk bet. about the depressing season that was Saints. And, <laughs> My yeah. pleasure. It's been it's been good. It's been fun. Well, I say it's been fun. It's been good talking to you. Just uh, not so much. It's the been Saints. cathartic. Yeah. Yeah. It's been too. It, 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 it had been too long. Yes. I agree. Exactly. But yeah. yeah. Um, well, and anyway, thanks for having me, guys. No problem. Anytime. And enjoy the rest of your holiday. Uh, try and forget about Saints. <laughs> and uh, yeah, good. And hopefully that uh, third place in the championship will. Uh, will I sure come out. So. I'll, hey, I'll do you one better because I think uh, I'll say Sakumaro is going to be our top goal scorer. <laughs> See, I was gonna, I was gonna come and revisit that a bit. Wait, wait until the season's a little bit more in flow to, to like get the proper re- recorded ones. But I'm gonna record that one now because that's, cause that's some, uh, some. Well, why don't we do ours? Yeah. I do ours for posterity as well. What are you gonna say, Ray? Um, well, I don't know who's gonna be here. I'm, can I say Adam Armstrong again? That's what I was gonna say. I'm gonna go. Uh, well, if Che Adams is here, I'm going Che all day. But, I, think, uh, I think Adam Armstrong's gonna come up, come into come into his own in the championship. Well, he already has, hasn't he? Yeah, but it was such a while ago. But um, yeah, he's gonna be um, he's gonna remember what it's like to to, to be a, a, a top top strike. Right. Okay. Uh, Alex, thanks a lot, mate. Um, and until yeah. uh, until next season, up the Saints. Yeah. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Open at Southampton. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.